Welcome to the Fantasy Take TV podcast, the post-Amy series podcast, and we got a lot to lot to discuss today. We'll go over the updates on the key players, you know, the rookies, many of the rookies and mid-prices, but a few premiums as well. So super important week, and I think our teams have changed a fair bit in terms of mid-prices anyway um, over the Amy series, especially the forward line. So a lot to discuss, and yeah, we'll go over every game and those players. And uh, joining me as usual is wearing his Arsenal hat. Um, I think he's trying to give a hint to speak about EPL or specifically FPL. Uh, yeah, Andrew. we'll leave it another Andrew. time, mate. We'll leave it another time. <laughs> no, good, yeah. mate. The Gunners on a roll. FPL team's on a roll. I forgot Supercoach existed, to be honest, but um, I guess we'll have to talk about it today. But yeah, no, going oh, well, please. mate. Going well. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was pretty evident from where you finished last year that you forgot Supercoach existed. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, for those, right, unaware, for those unaware, I know he's been flexing his FPL rank every two days on Twitter. And uh, uh, JD, how are you? I'm uh, I'm good, thanks, mate. Yeah, haven't haven't been um, doing FPL or any of that nonsense. Just focusing on you know pure super coach, ready for a, for a big year. That's how it should be. So <laughs> we'll speak about the first game, which is Carlton versus Melbourne. And the key players here is he is back one Patrick Cripps. So four hundred and forty or four hundred and fifty k. We know what he can do. Uh, can he keep it up is the question. So remember watching him last preseason, we thought oh, I'd probably take him out of our team and think he's done as a as a super coach pick. But he looks really good and the price is good. JD, are you enticed by Patrick Cripps at all? I mean, he's the Katy Perry pick of the year. He's hot and he's cold. He's yes and he's no, he's in and he's out. Um, I don't know, man. I, watching that game, for me, Cripps was the only midfielder that genuinely seemed like he was trying. It seemed like almost everyone else was in second gear, like Hewitt, Clary, Petraka. But Cripps felt like this was like going 100%. Now, maybe he's just in such good nick that that's just his new cruising speed. But I like, I'm not sure if this translates into the real season. Um, so, yeah, like uh, it's pretty hard to trust him. And I guess at 454k, he has to be a keeper as well. So I'm still not quite sold on him. I think there might be some better other options in our midfield. Uh, Eno, what did you think of Cripps' effort? I mean, he looked the best he has for a couple of years, right? But um, yeah, I think I think you sort of said it, that he probably was in a much higher gear than the others. But um, look, I think he'll obviously outscore his price. It's just whether or not it will be enough. Um, and with the way the structure's going, which we'll get to later in the week, it you know you save a bit of cash there if if you need to spend up elsewhere. So it's definitely on the cards. It's just I I've been turned off too much from Crips by George in my ear for the last two years. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Well, he okay. So Crips's time on ground used to be almost ninety. I think it was 88, 89. On the weekend, it was down to might have been eighty three, eighty two, something something like that. So. You'd think to get to that back to that 120 average, his time on the ground would be needed would need to be a lot higher. So I don't really see that going up. It's at the stage of his career where, given his injuries and stuff, playing in max mid minutes with 90 time on ground is just doesn't seem like a good idea. So what would that maybe cap his ceiling at like 115? Um, look, even in 2019, we remember in the first half of the year he was unreal. Second half of the year picked up an injury, was hot and cold. His average, I can't remember, but it wouldn't have been anywhere near what it was in the first half. So I think it's hard to see him keeping this up for the year. It could be one 
that year he did get to 700k, which is pretty scary. So I could see him getting having a boom game like he did on the weekend, um, but that 160, even though he scored four goals, but still he was dominant at stoppage. So I think he can go 105 to 110 this year, and I'm not sure how long he can keep it up for, but he could have that spike game early, and we could be just you know hoping he doesn't go berserk too much. So yeah, I, I could actually see him making 150k, which is a lot more than some of the rookies we have. So um, yeah, I think he definitely improved on last year. I, I'm thinking 105 to 110 though. So yeah, I, I don't think we're going to pick Patrick Cripps. I've thought about it. I'm probably the most open to it. But um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a tough one. So I mean, probably I think, not in the top like, eight mids. If you think he's going 110 though, you have to pick him at his price, surely. Well, 105 I, I think, to 110. I think it, well, like, if he averaged 100... Right, that it's a failed pick. Like, I think that's pretty bad. But if he's going over 105, then he can sit at M8 for most of the year until you're ready to upgrade him. At 450k, feels like pretty good value. I just kind of don't see him going going back to 110. I guess you'd really have to believe that that fractured back um, that was reported last year was really what was holding him back, and he's genuinely back to near his best. Yeah, I think that's enough on Cribs. But we can get eight tackles as oh. well quickly, okay. which is a really good sign. So, anyway, yeah. So move on to George Hewitt, three ninety nine k defender mid. So Hewitt, I like as a pick. I I watched him pretty closely to the point where you know, people were asking me about other plays in this game, and I was like, I don't know. I'm just watching Hewitt. <laughs> so with Hewitt, I did see him tag Petrarca very briefly. Um, by tagging, I mean. He's kind of pushing Petrarca off the ball, not focusing on the ball rather than focusing Petrarca. But I think for 85% of the game, he was getting his own ball, had what 30, 31 touches or something like that. He's a good midfielder. He proved that in the back half of last year um, at Sydney. Um, for his price, I quite like it. Is he top six? I don't think so. I, I probably have him around the top 10, top 12, right? that sort of range, but he's so cheap. And uh, we are in struggle town for rookies. So uh, he, the role is great. Um, there might be a little bit of tagging at times, but he has gone 88 tagging in the past. But I think they're going to free him up a lot more. And that's my view anyway. That's how he's been used in the preseason for the most part anyway. So um, what are your thoughts, Eno, on uh, George Hewitt? Um, yeah, you guys probably touted him earlier in the preseason as a possible pick. He's just obviously been on a leash at Sydney for a while because what I've seen the past two weeks, he actually has good ball winning ability and, and he's pretty clean around around the stoppage so like you said with the rookie dilemma mate, as, as the weekend went on and less rookies or you know continued not to pop up I was just locked him in even more at the price like you just I don't see how you can't really go him at the you know the value he gives you so yeah for me he hasn't really left my side at all yeah I think uh definitely was a Hewitt fan beforehand and the, the last couple of games have done nothing to take away from that I think there's still upside in, in what he showed on the weekend as well. So he had the 33 touches, more handballs and kicks, which is a little bit worrying. Uh, but he didn't have any tackles and only two marks. And you'd kind of expect about plus three on each of those for averages across the season. Uh, and then I think the other thing that I really liked about his game was his disposal, I thought, um, is probably the best in their midfield that isn't Walsh. Uh, I really liked some of his kicking, some of his handballs to release players. I just think like he actually looked quite classy and he's someone that is going to be talked about probably the least in that midfield, but I think he's going to be one of the most important cogs them throughout this year. 
Yeah, I was really impressed with the stoppage work. So yeah, good points on George Hewitt. Now, well, Mitchell McGovern will speak on. Jeez, <laughs> how did this? How did we get to this? He's a in playing intercepting half, um, sort of halfback, sort of third tall, that sort of role, with a few kick-ins. So, I think he will score well. The role, he's a really good reader of the play, really good contested mark. The question is for me is his durability. I know I'm, you know what I'm like with injuries, especially with guys with the injury history. But it's a mystery why he spent the last twenty minutes off the field. Is that a rest? Was he sore? I don't know. I'd love to know, but he wasn't on the injury report. So that to me is it's a minor red flag, but it's I'm sort of just just guessing really. So, you know, uh, what do you think of Mitch McGovern? I mean, the role is perfect, really. It doesn't really get much better. Um, there's not much more needs to be said. It's his body. He's break, broken down continuously the last the last few years since coming across. And even before then, he was getting injured at Adelaide. So it's, um, it's always a worry with him. And the only positive, I guess, is that there is a lot of 200K players. So if you choose him over another one, there's your Brodies, there's your Ralph Smiths, um, Cherries and all that we'll speak about later. But there is maybe some outs if he does get injured and, um, you know, all going well, he could end up like a possible MP type pick from last year, which we, you know, we held for a long time. So, um, you know, that's obviously projecting ahead and fingers crossed, you know, for his sake because he hasn't played much footy or much good footy at all for a long time that, that he stays healthy. But um, obviously that's number one concern with Gov. Yeah, what did his nickname used to be? Brackets, because the eleven on his back used to bulge, and I think that's probably the most pleasing thing about um, the McGovern we saw in the preseason. He's slimmed down, and I think the combination of that and going behind the ball probably does reduce some of that injury risk um, that he would have had playing as a slightly overweight forward. Uh, I really liked his game as well. I think uh, you, you see a lot of halfbackers kind of um, get overinflated scores during the preseason games, but when you see players like him intercepting the ball rather than just getting cheap free touches, I think that's a really positive sign. And I'm actually surprised by how much I'm considering starting Mitch McGovern this year. So yeah, I can't praise him enough. He's done kind of everything you could ask for to get him into your side uh, during this preseason. This is a stressful pick. I don't know what to do here. <laughs> He's been in and out, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, it's. I think he goes like 85 We'll see. I suppose Doc comes back in. Um, probably doesn't affect him too much, but yeah, it's a tough one. So move on to Max Scorn. Okay, so for me, well, Bruce has been suspended, so don't have to worry about the threat of that, if there was any. Um, so I guess it's Gorn versus Darcy. There's probably another option we could speak about after. Um, Max Scorn was really, really good. Again, second game in a row, he was just intercepting behind play. Dominant game. I think he's the R2. I know, I think, I know you're on Darcy, but I think Gornoff is a bit more durability and certainty. So, um, are you, have you considered Gorn at all this preseason, Eno? After the whole weekend, mate, I've considering Gorn over Grundy <laughs> with how, how well he has played. Look, Grundy obviously offers, um, you know, other things and, but Gorn's been been very very impressive, and and I don't know if, I don't know how you guys feel, but I haven't really seen much from Luke Jackson really when he's been you know in the ruck and whatnot. So he's always still going to be there, but um, 
yeah, Gorn's just clunking everything and it felt like last year he was dropping everything. So, um, you know, there's only upside there, I guess, um, in a direct comparison to last year. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely considering him. It, it, at least it throws up some headaches. But, um, yeah, he's still only 30. Like, he's got a couple of really good years of footy left in him. It's, it's just how much do they start to manage him and is that probably a thing towards the back end of the year that starts happening as opposed to the start? I don't know. So been really impressed. Been really impressed. Yeah, I don't think there's much more to say than that. He looked really good. I think he had a game high nine marks to your point about him kind of clunking everything that came near him this game, which we haven't necessarily seen from him previous years. Uh, Had kicked a goal, had 15 contested possessions, was a very well-rounded game. Uh, and you didn't see, I guess, the main thing we're concerned about with Gorn, which is Luke Jackson kind of taking more of that mid-time, or at least him taking more of that mid-time effect in Gorn scoring. Uh, whether that persists into the year is still to be seen. But, yeah, I think he's a very safe um, option. There's just not much value at his prices. The only knock we've had on him, and I think that still holds true. Yep. So with Gorn, I think what's happening is with the rookies, and this sort of happened two years ago when we had no defender rookies as well. I also had none last year as well, where people went the Naismith route because uh, they couldn't, you know, they weren't willing to give up a premium mid, but, you know, they were willing to sacrifice in the ruck. So I think Gorn ceiling, I think there's a, look, I, I definitely advocate Gorn Grundy or Darcy if you like him, but I think there is a case for cheaper or to do something in the rucks this year with, I'll say, I'll say Tim English, but we'll speak about him after. Um, Soon. it's just it's it's getting very difficult to try and pull money out of somewhere so anyway uh, we'll move on but yeah go on fantastic pick and probably in my side in round one uh, Bulldogs versus Brisbane so first player is Jared Berry um, I don't think we need to waste any more time I think we lock him in anything else to say no, I'm set on him yeah uh, I've some weird reason I've seen people toying now, dropping him to find cash and all this weird stuff, but it's not happening for me. I don't don't see how you don't go with a guy with that, that much upside at his price. So lock it in. Yep. Wasn't as good as the week before, but at his price point, we've seen enough. He's got the job security. He's got the scoring upside. His role's good enough. I think it's just one of those ones you lock in and move on. Yep. Next is Zach Bailey. Uh... I don't. I haven't seen him score well enough in the midfield yet. I feel like he scores most of his points up forward. He had a few clearances, but mostly his scoring is up forward. So he's a pass for me, and that's all I really have to say on Bailey. But you know, the talent is there. I think he's a better forward than midfielder from what I've seen. But you know, when you versus dogs mids, it's it's very hard to get a read on how good a midfielder is when you're playing uh, the dogs mids because they get so much of the pill. So um, he's a pass for me uh, any consideration JD no I think he like spot on that he's gonna spend too much time forward for mine they've got enough other good midfielders they need his X factor up in the forward line which is just gonna limit what his super coach potential is this year despite how great of a player he is and how good he's looked in the preseason yeah you guys probably hit on the nail in head I really do want to pick him and, and own him at some point but um yeah, he's, he's way too good forward. He did have six clangers, which obviously killed him a bit. But yeah, anyway, he's he's probably not a pick with, with a couple of other options, sorry, and what, what we have to do on other lines. Okay, moving on to 
Uh, we'll go Tim English. Okay, so Tim English has had a role change to from ruck to forward and ruck to number one ruck and playing what Gorn does intercepting. JD, not happy? Are, are you going to own wait, up? Wait, we've got... Right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We have got like... Half a dozen interesting, relevant dogs and lions plays we could be talking about, and we're somehow on Tim English at number two. What? And why did you make a graphic for this? This is insulting. (laughs) He told me to. He told me to. (laughs) Tim, no speaking English. The rest of the dogs players aren't relevant. They just pick them all. Like we don't need to speak about too many others. But yeah, Tim English, go on, George. We'll let you have you speak. Well, if you're looking for money in the rock line, <laughs> you could look at Tim English. What's Why is that name? funny? No I'm speaker. Sorry, I'm choking. <laughs> Keep going. This is great. This is great content. People are loving this. Keep going. Well, I can talk if you stop choking <laughs> and laughing. Well, look, uh, there's a clear issue here. You know, does look Steph is cooked really bad. I don't know what their plan with plan is with Steph. Beveridge has made clear and tried to defend English that they used him ruck last year to cover injuries, but um, let's be real, English's ruck work is an issue and probably always will be. That being said, his role, he said, we need Tim to be our first ruck. Bevo's words, not mine. So how long did he stay in this number one ruck, number one ruck role? Well, I think for most of the year because... Steph is cooked, and they might use him a little bit here and there. And then, well, Jordan Sweet, I don't know. I wouldn't have a clue. So there's probably something I need to look more into. So one I'm considering, um, Tim English. And yeah, went 102 playing first ruck a few years ago, entering his sixth year now. I have him in my top six forwards at the moment, but there is uncertainty with Tim English. Um, Is there anything else you guys would like to add? Besides laughter, <laughs> there's a, there is a world that we live in where he could average like a hundred for the year and be relevant. I just think it's not worth starting in your side. You wait and see if that role eventuates and if the scoring eventuates and if it does, pick him up. But I would not be starting English as a pick. Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly there. I'm just getting desperate for money. Put it that way. Yeah, that's what it is. That's um, yeah, I'll probably end up going with Gorn though, but I think it's some food for thought there. Uh, we can also quickly touch on Adam Trelaw. Gone in for shoulder scans. He's a no. I'm not going to lie, he was in my team <laughs> on the weekend at one point. The upside is insane, but yeah, the man is they, made out of glass. They, they're going to give him. They're going to give him more mid time than last year. I think that's almost certain. So maybe one to look down the line. Yeah, I guess like the only thing with that is that Liver wasn't playing. Who his best position is in the center, and they've also been like resting Bont a unreasonable amount forward during the preseason game. So I'm not sure whether or not he gets as many CBAs as he has been, or whether he gets pushed a little bit more out. I guess same with Dunkley. But um, yeah, I, like one thing I took out of this game is that. Dogs are going to be a black hole for super coach points. I think any team that comes up against them, especially if they don't win, they're going to struggle to have players ton up. I just think dogs are going to suck up so many super coaches points this year. It's going to be insane. Yeah. 
And then also worth touching on getting Coleman hamstring. Uh, there's no real point talking about him now, but uh, yeah, restructure in defense Unlucky. with him out. Yep. So Hawthorne versus... Sorry, go on, JD. McRae, Dunkley, Neil, lock them all away. They're all great. Yep. So yep. Hawthorne versus Richmond, James Sicily. This is not good. I saw low kick-ins. I saw key position defense. Now, key position defenders can score okay because I think a lot of modern-day key position defenders have to learn to intercept now. Um, we saw that with Weedering, Andrews, a few others. Uh, although McGovern probably paved the way for these guys, but or Jeremy anyway. So I saw enough to say no for Sicily. That being said, Hardigan might come in and he might be freed up, but I haven't seen it. So... Plus, his durability is not quite up to scratch uh, compared to other options. So, uh, I'm passing on Sicily. I don't mind it. I think I have him at around 95 for the year just because I expect him to play more loose when Hardigan comes back. But uh, the kick, no kick-ins, not many kick-ins, or as much as he had a few years ago is a concern for me. Are you in the same boat, JD? Uh, I mean, Sicily hasn't been in my side once all preseason. That hasn't changed. I don't like his role. I'm worried about the other rebounding halfback defenders and he's coming off an ACL. The price point is the only thing that's slightly attractive about him. And even then you pay 50 more for uh, Whitfield, you pay 50 less for Hewitt. Sicily just does nothing for me. Yep. Not much more really I can say. I know you say Hardigan's out, but also a lot of the halfbacks like CJ and Bramble and, and, you know, even Will Day. So all those guys aren't playing either, which who knows how that's, what that's going to be in, you know, a few rounds into the season. So, yeah, not, not for me. I was only considering it just to squeeze some cash out. So, yeah. They will, he will get a lot of supply though, down back. So, yeah. Hawks bottom next... two. Yeah. <laughs> We can go to Hugo Boss. Man, I like this guy. I was watching the Intra Club, um, the Tigers streamed a few weeks ago, and I tweeted straight away, like, this guy's the Hulu replacement. He's playing really well. He's got a bit of X Factor about him, a bit of flair, run and carry. I like him a lot. I think you guys would be mad not to play him at Richmond, but with Vlossen out, does he get pushed out of that defense? I don't know why you guys are persist- persisting with Dan Rioli, to be honest. He... Too many clangers from simple kicks with him, but I'm not I'm not the coach. So I hope he plays. I think he will play, but does he get a halfback role? Do they push him up to half forward and wing, which they did? The coaches have flagged with him in the preseason, so that's an issue. So I don't have Hugo at the moment, but if something goes wrong with one of my 200k forward rookie uh, forward mid prices, I think he's probably the out to that. So I do really like him though. I think he's gonna. Yeah, just impressed with him, but yeah, a bit of a role, potentially a role issue. Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's the one thing is when he ever he's played AFL before, it's been up the field. That could be a possible, you know, switch. But look, I had it, I had probably Rioli ahead of him before this game. I probably still had him, you know, pretty tight with Rioli ahead at halftime. But he had a massive third quarter. I think he's got about fifty points in the third. Look, look really impressive. Um, he just he just gets into good positions um, and attacking ones as well. You know, he's not getting cheap stuff around the back. He's actually trying to move the ball forward or get into positions where we're able to move the ball forward. And Rioli was just, just yeah, clangers everywhere. Um, so I think Hugo has jumped him. 
the only thing now, it's just getting real murky with, obviously, like you said, Voss in the comeback. Now Grimes apparently is in doubt. So say Grimes doesn't play and Hugo and whatever, Gibkiss and all that play. How do we know when Grimes come back? What's what's the what's the situation there? I don't know. It's it's really weird. With Bolter possibly being thrown back for a game just for round one, I don't know what's going to go on. So it could be murky with you know these guys getting picked round one, how it looks after that. But it's something we'll just have to monitor and see when the team sheet actually comes out. What does it look like and who fits where? So that's the only thing really I have concerns. I think he's jumped Rioli if that's. Um, the question we're answer, uh, asking. I think there have been many points before where players on your list have jumped Rioli and Rioli still got a spot in the 22. So that's the the part that's really hard for me is that he does seem like a bit of a protected species. And I agree with everything you guys have both said. Like his drive off halfback, I thought was the most impressive. He actually showed explosiveness and like line breaking ability that, you know, even short doesn't really possess. So it's actually something quite different to the defensive setup. He was obviously really raw, though, and a lot of his disposals weren't particularly great or the decision-making wasn't executed as well as it could have. And I think those are the knock. So, um, yeah, it's very much like the reason why these picks fail is either they're a bad football player or their job security isn't good. And I think the latter might be the risk for Ralph Smith. Otherwise, he would be an excellent pick. If I knew he was best 22, he'd be very hard to say no to. Yeah, I like yep. him. It's just hard to fit in. And, yeah, the role and job security sort of issues a bit they haven't really been made clear to us so um yeah like him a lot though and then probably two rookies we can touch on uh josh ward man thank god we got a second game to look at josh ward because i wrote him off a week ago and then he <laughs> what do you have like 20 contested was the <laughs> best player by a fair way i was like oh better put him back in so yeah he's a he's not one to pass on it's worth noting that titch was out and omira was out so maybe his mid minutes do get reduced but uh, this is a good lesson because I was comparing this year's draft to the draft from a few years ago and the numbers that this year's draft the top end has put up are far better than the past few years with the exception of 2018 and of course like your Rouse uh, Rouse and your Walsh, so, yeah. yeah so um, I yeah I think you have to pick Ward I would not want to go without him I think he's going to make a bucket load of cash and yeah he was unreal you don't you know, 20 contested possessions at 18 years old is pretty nuts. So, yeah, <laughs> 67 really impressed time with on him. ground as well. Oh, really? It's crazy. Okay. That's insane. Uh, yeah, one I'm more than happy to field, and I, I he looks like someone who could get to 400K for us. Um, also, yeah. uh, oh, I was going to say, I think the only risk with him is that um, when Amira and Titch return, where we have seen Ward struggle a little bit is on the outside. And it's really interesting after this game, do they continue to put him you know, back on the outside and have him develop there where he struggled a little bit in the past or do they give him more CBAs in the back of this performance? Because I think if it's the putting more outside route, like we could see him struggle a little bit to make that cash earlier in the year until maybe he gets more opportunity in the midfield or a spot opens up or whatever it may be. And that's the only risk with him at 180K. Yep. We ain't got nothing else to pick, man. Lock him in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we have Connor McDonald. So he's this is the one. 7K. Yeah. I think he plays, and he played well on the outside. He played okay. Nothing really spectacular. Probably a bit of easy ball, but I think he's had a really impressive preseason, apparently, according to training reports. So any of the coaches seem to like him. So I think 
he's one I'm happy to stick at M11. Junior numbers were, I think they were almost, they might be better than Ward's, although um, I think no, they were pretty McDonald's good. More, yeah, McDonald's were a bit more uncontested. So yeah, I think I'll pick Connor McDonald. I don't think we have much choice either. So hopefully he does play. I think, you know, I mean, he's played the past two games, so why wouldn't he play the next game? So I think we can move on from that game and move on to the mighty Crom versus the pair. So first player is Zach Butters. So on my rankings that I'm going to release on my YouTube channel this week, uh, Butters is my F2. I think he's a lock. I think the ceiling's too high. And he's been really, really impressive. Was a bit quieter for patches this game, but still came out with a respectable score. His contested game is one of the best I've seen in the entire game. It's, yeah, pretty pretty good. So, yeah, Butters is locked. And the CBAs might not always be there, but he just he follows the ball around the ground a lot. So, uh, lock him away. I suppose we've got nothing to add there. No, the oh, biggest okay. difference between him and someone like a Zach Bailey or some of these other uh, like 400k forwards is that he doesn't seem to need 60-70% for uh, CBAs to actually like hit that ceiling. Even with like 30-40%, I still think he's going to average like 100 to 105, which is pretty crazy because then there's upside on top of that. So yeah, just one that's locked away and really injury risk is, is about the only concern. I think he can average 110 for what it's worth, honestly. It's crazy how good he is. Yeah, so just quickly, so next premium we have here is Jordan Dawson, who did not play. I will not start a player who has a calf concern two weeks out. Uh, I was really excited to see him play inside. I think it's worth noting, with Led out, for, and Seedsman seems a fair way off, there is opportunity for Dawson to play inside. And I've been really excited to see this because... The coaches have been glowing with praise for him to levels I don't think I've ever seen at this club. So I'm really excited to see Dawson. I can't pick him because I haven't seen it yet. Um, and the cuff as well is uh, slightly concerning. Yeah, we haven't seen him play. I think mean, that's all I can say. JD, would you consider Dawson at all at this stage? I am most definitely considering Dawson at this stage. Um, so yes, I agree with you. Calf complaint or strain or whatever it is that that they've um, you know put him on light duties uh, and then decided not to play him during the preseason result is a little bit of concern. But otherwise, full preseason, I think I already had him as someone that could have been D one this year as like a smoky breakout to D one pick, and with Laird being gone the first month and a half, a month, really month to two months, that inside role is definitely going to be there for him. And it just feels like the type of pick where you, if, if you pick it and get it right, then almost no one else can get on. A little bit like Ridley last year because his scoring will be so good that his price will get out of control pretty quickly and others aren't going to be able to bring him in. And that kind of can be a season-winning pick. Um, so, yeah, like that's, I guess, like the real temptation the downside, of course, is I like I need to sideways him out after a few rounds, which wouldn't be great or ideal. But yeah, like I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like he could be a season winner, and it's like really tempting to pick him at the moment. Not tempted, Eno. I am. I won't lie. I am. I just don't think I'll go there. Um, yeah, we'll need more thought. It'll be a last minute decision, but probably one I would lean more likely not to than than to do it. 
Yeah, so Matt Crouch played okay. Time on ground always has been, always has been low. Uh, this is a pass. I need a stronger preseason. I think we can just move on. Uh, 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 uh. We've got to talk about the most important player from the Chrome on this day. Hinge. Tony. <laughs> okay. Because you are a hinge hater, and that needs no, to be no, no, now. No, 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 and no, no. I want to hear some. I want to tell. I want you to tell everyone why you're not picking hinge. Because I think this is the most interesting thing to come out of this game from the weekend. First of all, <laughs> I am not a hinge hater. Don't tag me as a hinge hater. That is disrespectful. I like Mitch, Mitch Hinge a lot. I think he's locked in the best twenty-two. Played well <laughs> on a wing. Now, how many shoulders has he done? Two or three? One in Brisbane. Good. Okay, two. Oh, it might be three actually, because he's had like three seasons of like one game. Like, yeah. I saw a man with his hand on his shoulder around <laughs> near half time. <laughs> After that, he scored about ten points in the second half, where he was quite good in the first half. Now it could have been role where he's just playing defensive side wing or fat side wing, where you know he was just hanging 30, 40 meters off the ball, just kind of just guarding space the whole time. He was. That's what I That's how he got the goal. He ran really hard on a fast play. He was just end up in the goal square. And then he was doing a lot of it defensively too, like getting back, spoiling and all that stuff. So, yeah, he's definitely locked in the 22. I don't know how good his scoring is, but okay. George, George yeah. sees man hold shoulder and he just <laughs> runs away. <laughs> no, I can't do it. And this is a problem because people so badly want to run Tuke Miller at M3. <laughs> but there's no defender rookie. So I'm going running five at the back. And... For me, I can't. I think the injury risk is there, and it's going to put you in a really bad spot if it happens. And obviously, I'm being way too over the top. Um, yeah, over the top with these sort of things, but I can't do it. I mean, I just, Dunkley, I'm worried about Dunkley said two shoulders, and you could not pay George any amount of money to get him out of his side. <laughs> Hinge has done one more shoulder. He's like, I would not touch him ever. Okay, was ever. Dunkley he's holding his shoulder it. on the weekend? He's not taping it, to be fair as well. Okay, that's all I'm saying is that I, I really like him. He's I'm a big fan of Hinge. I'm just not a fan of the fact that he was holding his shoulder, and I don't want to run that on my field. He is 180k that's... too. It's a bit annoying as well. Like, it's... You're not really. You can't really um, be yeah. begging about what price we get, but yeah, that's obviously a downside. Right, Are no, you still picking him, JD? Pardon? Are you picking him? Um, I'm picking him. Yeah, I mean, he's best 22. He's mature age. He's shown he can score like 80s and stuff in the past. So I'll take the injury risk. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I th also think if he is playing fat side wing, it is a less contact role. So hopefully that that means he likes to be able to string enough games together before he before he potentially has to hold his shoulder again. <laughs> it only took 20 minutes last year. <laughs> he was subbed on and uh, that was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's rough. That's He's had a rough. good preseason though. Really strong. He's been tackling yeah. a lot really hard. Do you, know, do you uh, know what the other thing is? Like I watched an interview with him and I really like him. I think he just seems like a river bloke and now like, yeah. I want to root for him. And if I don't pick him in Supercoach, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be praying on the man's downfall and I just don't think I can do that. <laughs> Okay, yeah. I mean, no one wants him to fail, but just, no. we, you know what I mean. I'm a bit worried. I hope it's all good, though. <laughs> I know, not, from, any, anyone that's not my team's got to fail. That's basically how Supercoach works. <laughs> yeah. So move on to Josh Rochelle. Oh, my goodness, Josh Rochelle. I cannot believe he's our best player already. And I'm not even kidding. 
So no need to laugh at that. It's actually the truth. Uh, do you field him? Do you bench him? I don't know, but he's one I definitely start with, and I think kick six goals in two preseason games. Like it's unbelievable. I know it's preseason games, but yeah, works in really losses. hard. Yeah. So, you know, in the games where he doesn't get those goals, he's probably going to get, I don't know, 11, 12 touches and give you a 50 or something. But one, I'm more than happy to field. And I guess if you're, you know, you're deep in your forward or your midfield, depending on how you structure up, I think it's okay to bench him. I think it would be a bit painful if he has a day out and you have him on the bench. I can definitely see that happening, but I think he'll be on most people's field. So I'd uh, not one I'd go without Josh Rochelle. It's got um, Jimmy Rowe from last year written mm. all over it where like one week he scores like a 80 or 90 and the next week of a 30 and he just fielded all the wrong scores. Like I can totally see that <laughs> happening with Rochelle this year. Yeah. Probably playing a bit more high up the ground, is he maybe, to get a bit more yeah. touches. Yeah. So that's a, probably a little positive, but yeah. And, and going to be a better player as well, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Mead, I didn't see enough that I liked from Mead. I don't know if he's best 22. That's all I really have to say on Mead. Pow Pepper, probably. Straight back in. Yeah, and Mead was one that started the game as well. So he actually got, I think, game time from the opening bounce. And I thought, like, Sin in the quarter and a bit that he had went past Mead. I think there's no reason why they wouldn't bring back in Pow Pepper over Mead as well. So I think that seems super unlikely we get him. Uh, yeah, like quite worried, quite worried about that. Yeah, and then Sin. Well, I think he, if he gets named, you pick him. If you don't, if he doesn't, you don't. I think it's simple as that. But yeah, I thought we thought we were getting Sin, but he only played limited minutes this game, so a bit disappointing. Well, and, just quickly, JD said it before. It's probably got sub written all over it, doesn't it? With Sin for like early season. I'll pick Bergman last year. He played round one, but then he was like sub for a couple until he got to go in like round five or something. So that's Surely, probably sin for a couple of weeks. And he bloody comes on for a three, then we're stuffed. <laughs> I don't think they debut him as a sub. Surely not. That's the space uh, they do. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It's happened and before. Then, um, <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> Mc, McKenty, I think it is, possibly filling, filling in for Robbie Gray. Um, do you have any thoughts on him, Anna? Well, we played 80% game time and he was there from the start while, while you know, before Robbie got injured. So it seems he's um, in in the mix. Um, obviously, his role won't be great. He, what do you have, 13 touches and a goal and, and scored a 60? Obviously, he probably has a small forward and put, could put out some worse scores. But to me, he seems like he's going to play. So, um, you know, he's mid forward. Could be someone we chuck on the mid bench if we get absolutely zero um, there. So... Yeah, I think there's a good chance he plays. Yeah, okay. Who was Port missing? It was um, Fantasia, who's out for a while. Is probably like the only other small forward that isn't um, SPP, although like midfield rotations. And then yeah. they're missing Dixon, but it's obviously a tall. So, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Like he might actually get games. Yeah, yeah. Just won't be that great of an option, but <laughs> again, we take what we get. Well, I'm in the forward line. I'm actually... So it looks like we can start to be a little bit picky now between the 200Ks mm. and then the, you know, even the one has the mid, yeah, mid eligibility yeah, yeah. too, which is handy if we get absolutely True. nothing there. True. But we won't, we won't talk about structure. But yeah, he, he looks like someone that could be a pick for round one. Yeah. So moving on to Eston versus St. Kilda. So I didn't see this game, but I assume Jack Steele, like the last game, didn't try until the last quarter. We tried to win the game. 
uh, he's locked for me. I don't think he broke a sweat all game. I think he just jogged around pretty quietly. Uh, was a pretty nondescript game. He didn't score overly well from a super coach perspective, but it's also not the type of thing you worry about um, for primos in the preseason. Nope. Check the first five games and just think to yourself, if you don't have steel, what are you going to do? The Saints game's on. So the only thing is he doesn't have support again. Dunstan was his best man last year. He's gone. Clark's injured. Billings probably isn't support anyway. Zach Jones is out. So he just doesn't have much going with him. It's going to be bad, you know, feel bad for the man. Probably trying to carry a team on his back for another year and be unsuccessful, but he'll do his best. He'll try his best anyway. At least we have Marshall. So see how he goes. <laughs> now, Jordan Ridley, your mate, JD. He's my not boy. in my top, eight, my top eight defenders at the moment. Which is blasphemy. It is blasphemy. <laughs> That's blasphemous. <laughs> Uh, we that? saw we saw a Ridley that gets me pretty excited. Um, so we, I went back and watched tape on him from after his concussion last year, and he just played man on man for the next six weeks, and then I eventually got tired of watching um, Essendon games and like turned it off. Um, but like literally all those games, he was playing accountable one on one lockdown roles on predominantly small or medium um, defenders with almost no sagging off during that time period. Um, and his uh, kick-ins weren't particularly high during this period of time either. So it's like four per game or something like that. And he still averaged 97 across that that part of the year. This preseason, he obviously went and did the speed coach work that you've talked about, George. Um, he, they've recruited Kelly to come in and uh, take the more accountable role. And there's been talk both from him and the coach about him being able to sag off and play that interceptor third man up um, type of role, which is, you know, really plays into two of his strengths around spoiling and marking. And we saw that in the preseason game, even without Kelly being in the side, which I think is a really positive sign to me. It's a better role than what he had last year. The kick-ins were still mostly his. So you'd imagine he's getting something like 50%. Um, so yeah, I think he is going to be a very, very strong pick. And... I would have him in my top six for sure. Oh, okay. What? Put a number on his average. I is another side bet. <laughs> I think he. I think he's going over one hundred and five this year. Okay. I I think like the really interesting one is Ridley versus Short, and I know I'm a lot higher on Ridley than a lot of the other um, like pro fantasy com- community that really like Short, just because. Um, the scoring upside seems a little bit safer because it's without Hawley. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I think I'm really high on this role. Like I think it's, you are going to see the improvement in the super coach score. It's really only an extra uh, intercept mark or two a game and he gets there quite easily. And I think if he's playing that third man role, then there's no reason why he can't do that. He's also um, coming into his prime when it, ter- when it comes to like games played. So he played his, 30 to 50 kind of game range last year. And now he's going from 50 to 70 and usually see players continuing to improve the super coach scoring right up until 70 plus. Uh, and then he's at a really good age as well. So 23 still growing um, into his body should have upside from um, age as well. So yeah, I think there's just like lots and lots of positives to point to him being uh, a good pick this year that should continue to improve on his super coach. Score. Is, is he dependent on intercepts or was he getting a few receives? 
Uh, what do you mean versus like handball receives, like cheapies? Yeah, because they've got so many players that can exit at a defense. Uh, like, so he gets a bit of both, but I think primarily he's scoring, like the improvement in his scoring is going to come from the intercepts and spoils. Okay. I think he had so something you know, like eight eight marks. Yep. Yep. Yeah, 19 touches. I'll probably sit between somewhere in the middle of you two guys um, with it. I just think not a lot has to go right, but things obviously has to go have to go right for him to score. But when they do, obviously the upside is is massive. So yeah, obviously he's not going to be spamming in 12 kick-ins like he was for me last year. Um, but yeah, I, I guess the natural improvement, like JD said, is definitely there, and all you know. They've talked about freeing him up a thousand times. So, um, yeah, the Ridley versus Short is probably one that is going to keep getting talked about. I was Ridley last week on the podcast, and I'm probably Shorty now. But they probably land somewhere pretty close, to be to be honest, in my opinion. Yeah. So two rookies, uh, JD. You can probably speak about maybe Baldwin and Nick Martin. Yeah. Uh, so surprise me. I must say, surprise me. So. Um, Kane Baldwin, I thought, was behind Aaron Francis for to play for that third tall role um, at the moment. Uh, and obviously, he got the the start over Francis. Now, there has been some reports that Francis might have been um, nursing a groin or something like that. So there's a chance that in round one, Baldwin uh, doesn't doesn't get named. Uh, but I mean, like he could get named as well. It's like it's quite interesting. He is um, was like a super talented youngster that could have gone top 10 at one point in his junior career, but then did ACLs in back-to-back years. Um, and so Essen picked him up, I think as a rookie, like a, a rookie list um, player, and they've been building his body ever since. So um, actually like a really decent physical frame for a 19 or 20 year old, whatever he is, um, and does have a bit of upside. But yeah, I would, I'm still like somewhat shocked that he is in round one consideration. And then Martin was one of the two players that Essendon picked in the um, supplemental part of the preseason with uh, Wanganeen being the other. Um, he came on and looked amazing in his 42% game time. He had 16 disposals, um, a shot on goal, which missed as well, um, and just looked really lively around the ball. Uh, I think he's from Subiaco, so um, a WA boy, and looked really good. I'm also a little bit unsure about how he gets a spot in round one. We still had Shield and Stringer and oh and Kelly to come back. So we've got three names to kind of come back. I can see where room could be made for someone like Martin, but I worry that he is someone that'll be a, um, a, a sub for round one. I feel like you know he excelled in coming off the bench and having a high impact in in the last part of this game, and maybe that's where he debuts for round one. But both both looked really good, and if we got some kind of signal around their job security, I think either would be startable in your forward line. Okay, that sounds positive. I think you two both just like tuned out for 10 minutes while I talked about (laughs) (laughs) random (laughs) rookies. Yeah, oh, he stopped talking. All right, on to the next one. Okay, all right. Look, look, I was doing something else, I'll be honest. But uh, (laughs) yeah, hopefully they play. I think Nick Martin's probably the better one, isn't he? If, If gets a game, clearly. Baldwin, sort of a third tall or whatever, is not the best scoring power. But Martin looked pretty good from what I saw. So, yeah, pray, I pray we get him. And then uh, Nasaya Wanganin Miller, and then Machido Owens. Uh, 
Did you watch these two play, JD? I, say, yeah, I miss this game. I but... did. So I actually didn't catch much of Owens. Just didn't stand out to me. But I think he probably had the better game of the two, two of them. Uh, it's just Wanganin Malira stood out um, playing on a wing for St Kilda. He's got a very light frame still. Um, he's very, very slight when it comes to size and stature. But you can see there was a couple of plays where his kicking was on display and you can see that he does have the, that skill um, that could really translate into the AFL level, especially once he's got a bit of size on him. I think the interesting thing is with Clark and Billings injuries, there does seem to be um, the potential that a spot opens up for either Owens or Malira in round one. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye on both of those to see who debuts, if anyone does at all. Yeah. Next game we can go to is GWS versus the Pies. First one we have is Braden Pruce. Bruce. He's suspended. <laughs> he looked good though. He did. Uh, nothing really to say on Bruce. Look, if he's on the bubble and he's playing for us, Ruck, or we get some indication of his job security, we'll look at it then. He's suspended. I don't think you can start him now. So moving on to Jordan Dugowie. So this pick is in the mud, which is awesome. Because it I was hate, already in I the did, mud. I did, not wanna, weeks. I did not want to pick this prick, but looks like we don't have to. So he's playing forward half midfielder. And yeah, their style does not suit cheapies at the back. Look, there's every, there is a chance he might come good and he gets a mid-time, but he was deep forward a fair bit. Not great. And yeah, I didn't see him run around getting uncontested marks like he was last year. So, happy days. Like, Collingwood's midfield looked woeful. It looked tragic, if we're being honest. Um, they sorely lacked Taylor Adams. There was almost no inside grant. You look at Lipinski, Crisp, and uh, who else they have in there? Is like, there's just no ball winners. Tyler um, Brown was getting minutes, mate. Oh, just shocking. <laughs> Grundy's the uh, best I, midfielder. <laughs> Grundy, and like when, when Pendlebury actually went through the midfield, it looked much better, and they're planning to play him behind the ball where I think he's um, like speed may be a liability. I, I, I'm quite worried based on what I saw. I know it's a one-game sample size, but that did not look like a good midfield group that was going to work well. And I actually think the most promising thing for Dugowie is that he does offer at least a bit of grunt and maybe a bit of hardness at the ball that some of the others don't. Um, but yeah, you've got to hope that Adams comes back and fixes that midfield mix because I don't think Lipinski and Crisp is a good call. So we can probably move straight on to Jack Crisp then. Oh, you don't want to talk about Lipinski first? Uh, <laughs> what did you mention, me, Jenny? <laughs> <laughs> What's the nickname? Uh, Lestinski. Jesus, he got injured. Someone kicked his ankle in. He <laughs> no, was on yeah, 24 that's, that's at quarter right. time. Okay, that's... Yeah, like four yeah. handballs. <laughs> Five. Five handballs. <laughs> All right, look. I saw someone... Going at my... 40% or something as well. Like, they were oh not... Oh, my God. He had one quarter, not even, and he got injured. <laughs> okay. I think we reserve judgment on Lipinski. What I will say, though, is our Lipinski Raul Brett is not looking good for me. I, I thought uh, it was better. We'll I thought like maybe Shield, um, not Lipinski. But, I mean, Raul's going to beat both anyway, so uh, it kind of I've doesn't matter. But, uh, <laughs> look, I, I think Lipinski's good for 90 average. I saw... He, I thought he was pretty hard at the ball. He's clearly worked on his contested game. 
Um, but like this was the audition for him to against a top midfield. This is the game I've been waiting for, and then he got injured. Um, but off what I saw in the first quarter, I probably didn't see enough. So, yeah, worry about that. Oh, well, I guess we don't. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Do they like update him on um, if he's going to play round one or not? I uh, don't, don't know. No. You can't lay off the injury. So move on to yeah, Jack Crisp. I like him. I think he racks up the pill. I think he, he used the ball pretty well on the weekend. Uh, he's in my team. Not because I wanted to pick him, but because of defender rookies. So yeah, he was kind of my next guy that I was going to pick. So I think he's safe somewhere between one of say 105 maybe I guess there's a chance at regression but look he was playing mostly midfield he got a bit of the ball off halfback as well uh, yeah I think he can't go too wrong here probably going to get 22 games out of him again uh, any interest in Crisp you know look there kind of has started to creep up a bit Hall's injured Dawson's got a complaint you know we're off a couple of the other guys I guess and especially when we've got some stressful defender rookies that you've uh, harped on about. But it's true, and, and Chris gives you that sort of security um, that you probably need. You know, you don't need a primo going down when a rookie gets dropped as well in the same week. It's just, you you know, you're going to get games out of him, and, and that's that's sort of what you're paying 574. So, it, yeah, it's interesting him has crept up um, for sure, and, and he may make his way into my team in the next week. JD is not a fan. No, I mean, I think you're paying, you, you're getting what you pay for with Crisp. 105 average is what you're paying for, and I think it's what you'll get. If you think about some of the players that went like 110 last year, it's like Petraka was 111, Mills was 112. I think Wines was like 112 as well. And I just don't see Crisp as nearly as good as a midfielder as any of those. And I think if he can't win his own ball, he's relying on Collingwood's midfield doing well and receiving it on the outside. And what do you mean he can't win his own ball? He can I, so. What I saw didn't impress me. Uh, I think when the whips are cracking, uh, that is not not gonna not gonna play out well. I'm like happy to be proven wrong on this, but I don't think he had particularly high contested possession rate from the weekend no, from memory. Let me check. I don't think he looked great. He gets in the thrown memory. around as well. Is another thing. But I think you're going to get a 105 average out of him because he's got the opportunity and he's still a good footballer. I just don't think he's a Mills, a Petraka, or a Wines, which is fine. Not everyone is. But that's like, if you're thinking he's going to get 110, that's that's who he needs to replicate. And I don't think that happens. So I'm like, you, you're paying for 105, you probably get that. I think he could go down as low as 100. It's just not an exciting option for me. Like, it's, it's fine. No. I don't begrudge others for picking him. It's just not my cup of tea. Okay, so he had eight contested out of 25, I think. So not the best contested rate, but still scored like, what, 110? I mean, I think you're... I think you're asking for too much for a defender at the moment because we have we have to pick some players. I'm not as high on Ridley as you are. Um, so I like Jack Chris. I think he's safe somewhere in the hundreds, and I'm okay with that. And look, I don't want to pick Lloyd, to be honest, but I'm picking Lloyd because I have to pick a defender. So Chris falls into that category for me. So if you if you were trading off between Crisp and Lloyd, who would you pick? Probably Crisp. Oh wait, I I'd probably yeah, I'd probably get rid of Crisp. Sorry. You'd yeah. probably get rid of Crisp, okay. Yeah, so okay. I'd take Lloyd. 
Okay. But yeah, I'm ha- I'm happy to pay. Well, I'm not look. I'm not super excited to pay five seventy for him. But I was really impressed with his preseason games, and he was really good in the back half last year. And he scores in the midfield. He scores in defence. Doesn't really. Doesn't there isn't a huge difference. So. I realize I realize I'm also putting myself in the line of fire because like I spoke pretty harshly against Hawks last week in some of my videos and then Collingwood this week. Like I, I I'm gonna get some of this stuff wrong and people are hey, not gonna let me hear the end of it. But hey, whatever. A lot of people we talk and pour on them because they're two pretty poor teams. That's just the way it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Can we talk about Daycost for a second? No, nah, well, he's insane. We're wasting our time. He's, he's a lock, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I want I to say it, one nice thing about them. You ever heard a compliment sandwich? Who cares? Grundy. It's Grundy's a lot. Great. Everything else sucks, and then Dacos is also good. Now let's move on to the next team. The only thing I'll say on Dacos is there's off <laughs> chance he's defender, off chance he's defender keeper. <laughs> there is off chance. Yeah, what's the percentage? About five. I mean, there probably is. He racks the pill up ridiculously, but. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> oh, he had 31 touches for 100. Like, he's not being a keeper. Come on. Nah. He's outside. Okay, so Cogs, Lock, and that's all that needs to be said. Oh, already we'll move on. Oh. Okay, yeah. well, just quickly Cogs, Lock. Whitfield was okay. I don't think you have to pick him, but I think he's a strong, very strong pick. And Josh Kelly, Jelly, don't get trapped. <laughs> oh, man. He did look insane. Damn. He did look insane. Full inside mid roll. None of this wing business. No, he, he'll probably start half forward flank round one with any warning <laughs> again. <laughs> All right, move on to Swans versus North. Oh, man. Horse Dunn did it again with Isaac <laughs> Heaney. I, I saw him start the forward line and I'm like, okay, that's okay. Uh, he's probably going to move into the midfield. And it's quarter time and I'm like, he hasn't moved into the midfield yet. It's never all quarter. I'm like, oh my God. Six years in a row, he's done it. But he's trained the whole preseason there and there was no Papley, no Buddy. I tweeted people. I was getting tagged in Twitter and Discord. <laughs> like, lol, George, you idiot. You fell for it again. Well, when your never profile learn. picture is Isaac Heaney's Supercoach <laughs> Price, like, and he's profile then what do you oh my god (laughs) honestly like i still i'm trying to think uh, as rationally as i can here he's still a 90 average forward so the floor is okay and the upside is with the mid time but i just sat there and laughed it's like oh my god uh, anyway um but yeah the role was horrific for me twice like you're up to like fool me fourth shame on horse i don't know where you at (laughs) that being said i still don't mind him as a pick he's in my top six forwards at the moment i like him still i think with a full preseason he looked unbelievable on the weekend even though he was forward and he played look i don't think there's a much better matchup than north for isaac he plays him early (laughs) as well so yeah they rested him last I don't know, 10 minutes because this is wet and they, they don't need to play the stars. So, um, yeah, I think he's, I think he can push 100 this year. I do worry with injuries he does move forward, but he can still score there. But it is very volatile up forward. So, and I think the, probably the, it probably has less to do with Heaney in terms of like picking him in Supercoach. I think what's happened is a lot of us are going for the 200k, mm. 250-ish players in the forward line to cater for the defender rookie disaster and save some money to help out the defender 
or pay up in the midfield for these, I don't know, one two hundred K rookies as well. Or a Rao if you like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's a I don't know if I'll start Heaney, and the only reason why I don't know is because rookies have kind of forced our hand here. Um, but I really liked what I saw apart from the role. Um, but yeah, I, I've spoken enough on Heaney and how he scores in certain roles and what, what sort of happens there. So anything else to add, JD? No, he looked good. Role's unfortunate. Wonder how much the no Papley, no Buddy plays into that and then Mills kind of making a surprise return as well. So I feel like a few things might have all happened at once there to to have that happen and we could see a point where he does you know return to the midfield as the year kind of progresses but i mean yeah it's pretty funny it's pretty funny (laughs) (laughs) okay i guess we can move on to jake lloyd now i've been saying that i do not want to pick jake lloyd but i will pick him because i we've said enough about defenders at the, the defender rookie situation so I think Campbell took some of his kickouts. He was getting bulk kickouts last year in the second half of the year, 75%, and only scored, only averaged 106 with a 75% kick in. So you kind of see where I'm coming from, where I'm not super high on Jake Lloyd. Um, but I think maybe Sydney's list, it's gotten a little bit worse because of the trade period. And Steve Mills is fully fit. He looked fine, but he only played half a game. So there might be down a few key players on last year. We'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I think he's safe. I think he's somewhere in the hundreds. I don't see 110 anymore. Um, Eno, are you picking Jake Lloyd? I'm actually not at this stage still. I didn't like... I saw him up the ground quite a fair bit up on the wing, um, which is not where you want him just taking cheapies out the back like he has for a while. They they want to move the ball quickly, Sydney, as well. Um, so... Well, they got Tom Pike across, of course, and they want to play sort of that more fast attacking brand of, brand of footy. But look, yeah, he still probably averages around 100 for me. Um, it's just, yeah, who else have we got to pick at this stage? If, if you're going with four or five primos down back, then he's got to be one of them. So we'll just see how that goes. No, he's Nothing not in more. your team, JD, is he? Uh, no, like... I wouldn't mind if he was in my team, but I also think he's fine to bet against. Like, I don't think you're going to get hurt too much by not having him at the moment. Yep. Okay, so next we have Christian Jerry here. So I think he's a lock. This kind of came out of nowhere, or this one I didn't take notice of over the preseason. But if he's playing first rock and he's proven to score that in previous preseason games when they didn't play Goldie first rock... I think you just pick him. I guess it comes down to see what he see if he's first rock on team sheets. I guess, but they've used him in practice games as the main rock. They've used him in the preseason games as the first rock. Uh, all signs seem to point towards him being a first rock, and they've got to be pretty stupid to play Goldie full time at this point, even though they've been doing that for years. So I think we pick him for two hundred k in the forward line. Um, maybe we try and dig up a little bit more info, see if Noble says he will play mostly Ruck. Goldie looked okay forward, so uh, yeah, I think he's a lock. Yeah, yeah, there's a few things on on Cherry. It's first intra club. He was he was on the A A team rocking against Goldie. Um, obviously, he got concussed again. Uh, he hit Almac. They they concussed each other, and and that's why he, he missed last week's game, um, the unofficial practice match, and then straight back in this week. And 
attended more more ruck contests than, than Goldie and and in an actual article today from from Riley Beveridge that, that um, I think JD posted. But yeah, he he or North um, did way better in the in the clearance game with him in the ruck than they did with Goldie. So that's all positives. But then CCJ was out and he's going to be a fit for round one. He's coming in. Do they play all three? Combin's still out in the in the in the wilderness as well. It's that's the question mark. Is how good is the job security? So, who who really knows? It's just that they played hardball with St Kilda to keep him. They really really love him. Um, it doesn't have to be full. It doesn't have to be first ruck. He can still share it pretty evenly and and be a, a good pick still. So, um, yeah, I really like him. Anything more, JD? Uh, there's probably not much else more for me to say apart from um, you just need to watch team sheets for round one, really. So if um, if he's named on, on the ball as the primary ruck, I think you take him, and that's regardless of who else I've picked in the side. Um, but, yeah, like even more promising if you see CCJ and Goldie and they're trying to run all three. I think they're at the point where they're rebuilding and transitioning and this is Goldie's last year. So if Cherry's ready to make the step to the next level, which it very much seems like he is, he was, I think Noble said he was like in the top five or six for them. I think there's argument maybe that he was best on ground. Um, that's definitely been the case with some of the other preseason games as well. So he seems like he's ready to make the, that, step, uh, that step to the next level. So yeah, as long as he's named on the ball as the rock, you take him. If not, I think there's other good forward options we can move him to. Yeah, I'd be shocked if CCJ took his spot as a rock because he can't rock. Anyway, moving yeah. on. Uh, Horn Francis, uh, yeah, I would advise picking Horn Francis. Probably not <laughs> as much of a lock as not as much as a lock as Dacos, but yeah, I think we just pick him. Uh, Callum Mills played half the game. I don't think you can pick him on his preseason, but uh, if fully fit, I'd actually have Mills in my top eight. So one, I think we can look at down the track. Um, we got Dill Stevens. Looks pretty good. I like him. He got a little bit inside time, not a lot, but mostly wing. So, uh, yeah, one I'm more than happy to field. I can see, I don't know, 75 average from him, hopefully. And then Paddy McCartan. Oh, I don't think we have a choice here. We have to pick Paddy McCartan down back. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, he looks pretty good. He was scoring really well in the first quarter. Sort of dropped away, but that's the nature of being a key defender. So... I think we pick Paddy McCartan and I think I'm happy to field him because he has intercepting capabilities, but it's going to be one of those ones where you get a 785 or a 35. So, so there we goes. Moving on to Fremantle versus West Coast. What a game. <laughs> uh, your mate, you know. Okay, quick check. Look. JD, are you Darcy or Gorn? At the moment, I am Darcy. Okay, I know, I know you're hot on Darcy. Uh, what did you think of Sean Darcy? Look, I will be honest. He did look very, very average in the first half. He was just he looked lumbering average. around. He did nothing. He did nothing. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. turned up to the rock he contest. Was, he was not caring. <laughs> he did nothing. Yeah. yeah. Lob went down and then Meek obviously got subbed in and... and Obviously, he got he got more of a rest. He was just coming off with Meek, so he wasn't playing as much. He did spend some time down forward. He kicked the goal, but he looked much more interested for some reason in the second half. And look, to be honest, if you're getting 20 hitouts and 11 of them going down your teammates' throats, that's just you know stupid numbers. Williams. So 
Uh, Nick Nat was playing too, mate. I don't think, you know, he only had 18% of his hitouts, you know, hit his teammates. So he wasn't great either. But look, the thing with Darcy is good rucks. Yeah, he won't, he won't dominate against good rucks. It's clear. But how many of them are in the competition? There's about three. So every other week when he's playing a, an average ruck or some weeks, you know, not great rucks, he's popping 160 on them. And that's what he's doing. He did it last year and he'll do it this year. And we haven't really even got to his injuries concerns yet, but that's obviously always a thing with him. You see the knee strapped to the bloody moon, but um, I'm picking him. I don't care. I'm picking him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you look at his stat line and none of it makes sense. He had 47 DT for 95 super <laughs> coach. He had, I think, eight touches total. Didn't take a mark. Uh, I barely tackled. He jogged the whole game, like uh, like any slower, and he would have been walking up and down the field. Uh, his scoring potential is actually insane, and I I think this is just him kind of getting through the game and going through the motions because he has had a pretty interrupted preseason and just getting through it fine rather than trying really at all. Um, uh, yeah, and I think I think he's just the player that could burn you the most of the rucks, could burn you more than than Gorn or Grundy not having, which is the whole reason why we wanted to pick him in the first place. There's a world where he goes like 140 for the first 10 weeks, and then yeah, maybe he gets an injury and falls off or whatever, but he's priced at 700K and you're up 150 points on everyone else, and it kind of doesn't matter. that scare you, Jordan? So- uh, <laughs> oh, and the other thing, like, I mean, this is a little bit into structure and stuff, but we do have like Cherry who'll get DPP in round six. We've potentially yeah. got two like cheap um, rookie cover options for R3 as well. So there is like some safety nets built in that also make this a little bit more comfy. And of course, Tim English in the forward line. <laughs> uh, it's not happening. <laughs> Look, I am still team gone at this moment. Well, actually, I think I have English at the moment. One of the two. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll bitch out to Gone most likely. I'm by, not the way, by the way, if you're not in our Discord, like single biggest plug, you have been missing George's steadily declining <laughs> mental health through the last week <laughs> as his team progressively implodes. Uh, I'm hoping he pulls out of a tailspin and gets it together before round one, but there's some straight comedy value whether it's been intended or not. There, there was a... There was half a day where I had Neil at M2. It got pretty bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Honestly, yeah. I just need to think straight, but I'm happy with my team. It's just wait. It's just... Th- okay, move on. Um, <laughs> Save that for Thursday. Yeah. So, yeah, I think basically I have uh, Darcy as my R1 in my rankings, but his durability means I prefer Gorn, and it's as simple as that. And I'm not going to change that. Um, now, so I've already decided that, but yeah, I completely understand, and I do worry very much what he can do um, to non-owners. So next player we'll look at is Will Brody. Uh, this is weird because just mixed reports from his preseason, but everything the coach says, the the, the kicker with this pick is Lomio is kind of talking him up, like saying they rate him, they like his inside work, Fremantle mids and time on ground. Uh, I don't understand what is going on there. Brayshaw's still getting in the like 77. I'm like, really? I don't know. I feel like his endurance was always a strength. I feel like he could do more, but again, I yeah, maybe they, they obviously know more than I do. So 
Yeah, Brody's timing ground is Nick Nat esque. It was almost. 67, wasn't it? Yeah. Is, yeah, that is Nick Nat numbers. But he scores very heavy, like he did in the VFL. So he's currently in my team. I am a little nervous, but the only reason why is because he can score. They kind of need someone who can win clearances. And yeah, the main thing is he gets the endorsement from the coach. So that's carried though. Yeah, Longmuir has pretty much played him into my team. Pretty put it that way. Is he in your team, Eno? I think he is at the moment. Yeah, I've got him instead of, well, there's all those forward options, but I do, I do have him. Just see if he's picked around uh, round one and, and go from there. But um, look, I don't I don't love the pick. I, watching him play, he's obviously really good inside and then you just don't see him on the screen until there's another ball up. Like, that's just how he is. But he's, he's actually good when it is in, in the contest. So um, yeah, I've got him for now. JD, you've been reading preseason uh, reports for three months, so you've got that in your mind of him behind I mean, like Sean Darcy with, with Darcy <laughs> in the running trials. I mean, but like it plays out in the field. He it's, scored a sixty-seven. Yeah. It's just that he had the scoring that goes with it. So yeah. I guess like the the con- other considerations are like, and this is where I've drawn parallels to like Paddy Dow is what happens when Fife and maybe to a lesser extent Tucker come back. Um, does he get pushed more forward and he then doesn't have the same points per minute anymore and he's got low time on ground and then all of a sudden 80s and 90s that he would have scored are actually more like 60s, which would be pretty disappointing at his price point. Uh, I guess like the only other good positive was that Mitch Croden, who like, who's Mitch Croden, had like <laughs> 12, 13 CBA. So there's clearly at least one other person that could go out of the midfield before Brody does. I'm really struggling with this pick. I, I kind of don't want to start him and have him behind um, uh, Cherry and McGovern at the moment, but I don't know. Like, it's just, it's, I mean, first Crips and then Brody. It's mind blowing that these could actually be picks. And I'm stuck between, like, do I just go with what is the common knowledge of Supercoach and avoid these players? Or, like, uh, do I get baited into the trap? He's two twenty five k, and there are outs to him if something goes wrong. I, I'm okay. Who, who, are who are the outs? Who are the outs? Hugo Boss. Hmm. So then, you, like, he's got to work though. Yeah, or well, just go to I don't know, go to a rookie. I don't know. We'll see <laughs> yeah. what happens. There's outs. I just don't know who they are. <laughs> well, well, this is what I, I think Hugo will be like, okay. That's like, like if you start Cherry and um, McGovern. If you start in three of them, then yeah, there's only one other. Yeah, but I think if you start two, then like you've got the good out. Yes. Yeah. But then you you risk all three pop, and then you miss one, which is kind of what happened with um, Zebul and EP last year. <laughs> yeah. No, no. See how he goes. I I'm okay with picking him. I'm not super confident, but I it's yeah. I'm hearing what I want to hear. Put it that way. So. Hugh Dixon did nothing for the first half, didn't get much supply, but worked into his get worked into the game in the third quarter. I think I am going to, see Jake Waterman was out, so I don't know if he's best twenty two or not. I think he's one I'm not planning for, but if named, then I and Waterman's fit. I think it's okay to go for him. Um, he could be like he's going to be a slow burn regardless, but. I don't even see Josh Kennedy playing every game this year either. You, you can't see that. I know he might find a way to get up, but he was getting rested last year. So, 
it will play, I think, Dixon. Yeah, and then, sorry, how do you say this one? Is it Hoff? Hoff, yeah. Hugh, Hoff. Um, mostly uh, not a very good contested ball winner, but can win a bit of uncontested ball. I think Shui was talking him up during the game. It's pretty much all I got on him, to be honest. Uh, uh, Hoff was uh, another one that started slow and kind of built into the game as it went on. I thought that was true for a lot of their walk-ons and rookies. So like uh, Joyce, Hoff and Dixon, I thought all started slow in the first quarter, but then got better as the game went on. But I think that's also because the game was basically over after the first quarter um, and Freo eased up. So yeah, like it's hard, hard to know what to make of that situation. Yeah, so move on to... Geelong versus Gold Coast. So worth noting that we watched the first half of this game and then we uh, started recording this. Because that's all we needed to see of one Matthew Rao. Is that is that where you're going to? <laughs> take it away, You go mate. ahead. Take you it away. take the floor, mate. <laughs> oh, I mean, what more can you say? So I, we do have the full stats. Um, the game's finished. So 27 touches, 18 contested, 7 tackles. Uh, he is the contested beast that we've known that is definitely back in his game and he looks phenomenal doing it. Apparently, there was a chase down tackle on um, Danger, which I'm dying to get off and see after this. He scored uh, 124, and, JD, as well, just to throw that 124 in there. super coach points, which is, yep, amazing. I mean, obviously, um, Cats looked pretty bad for a lot of this game and I felt like the Gold Coast midfield in particular was on top for the whole thing, but at least that we saw anyway. And I don't think that changed in the second half. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is two back-to-back games we've seen that make Raul the serious, you know, con- consideration of the three fifty k bracket of um, mid-price midfielders. And the only knock that you could have on his game is that the spread on the outside isn't there, and that does limit his, you know, potential to really go up into the um, upper echelon of midfielders because he's not getting that cheap possession, those marks, that link-up play that could get him an extra 10 possessions a game, even if they are uncontested. But he is looking very, very nice. And I think I'd made predictions of something around 100 Supercoach average is what I saw him at a few weeks ago. And I think we've seen enough to say that that seems reasonable for now. I pray this man or this kid doesn't get injured again. It would just be the worst thing ever. I was Obviously, you never want to say that. But yeah, it's, it's awesome if he gets back to this and continues it because... He's clearly an absolute star, so um, yeah, it's it's awesome to see. Yeah, so yeah, I'm in deep <laughs> shit for the Lipinski. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you got Dylan Schiller's uh, backup. JD will still give that to you because yeah, he's you, confident you, that you can take the field. <laughs> Where's my French in me? My white flag. Anyway, um, yeah, watching the first half, it's just his contest work is unreal. Um, this just yeah, it's. You don't get away from him. He just tackles you too hard. He wins it in and under. He's just really good for Supercoach scoring. Do we have to adjust to get him in? Oh, it's so hard. Because with the, like, I mean, we've got so many good uh, rookies that popped up in terms of on-field option, in terms of Horn Francis, Dacos, Ward. Then you have Barry that looks like a must-have. You're starting McRae, Steele, and Neil. And so that really only leaves one spot left between like, do you go another premium midfielder like a Took or an Oliver? Do you go, this which we'll, we'll cover in a second. He was also phenomenal. Or like, do you want that Crips or Rao option? Uh, like maybe you can um, 
go even deeper and maybe take a ward off your field. It just seems so tricky to fit some of these guys into the structure. It's tough. Yeah. So move on it's to Took Took Miller. Now, first of all, I am not anti Took Miller. I'd love to have Took Miller in my team, but I also don't want dog shit on my defense line. So I'm finding <laughs> it very hard to fit him in. You're um, listening to a man that wants to pass up on Took Miller because he so 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 much hates hinge. Like he's such a hinge hater. That he's like, I am not a hinge hater. Why you spin it like that? <laughs> You hate your shoulders. For super coach, for super coach, for super coach, you hate. Crazy. Okay. Apparently, yeah, Tuk, Tuk is just insane. What he ended up with 32, nine tackles, a couple goals, 14 contested. That's just the Tuk of the whole of last year, pretty much, and, and it, f- it ain't stopping. <laughs> the first 10 minutes, I saw Wits hit out to advantage to Tuk, and I'm thinking, well, we didn't really get that last year. So there's arguably more upside there. He was uh, oh, my like 145 super coach as well. I mean, and obviously you don't read too much into the preseason scores for these primos, but his work rate, he just looks faster than everyone else on the field. Like he's got some like agility, nimbleness thing going on that makes him look great. And yeah, like Wits back. I think the Rao Anderson took Miller midfield looks great, much better than, you know, the midfields we've seen from Gold Coast over the last couple of years. So you know, whether having that extra support is beneficial for his scoring, it probably will be because you'd expect them to be more competitive for longer in a lot of games. But yeah, this is, uh, I mean, we already thought he was a good pick, but I mean, he's feels like he's getting right up there to like, you could consider him over someone like a steal, which, you know, I'm, is blasphemy sitting next to George and saying that, but uh, like that, oh, that's where he's heading. I think you could too, yeah. I think my initial thinking was maybe... Rao takes tackles off him, potentially. Um, so maybe he just goes like 125. Uh, I think he's going to be that 125, 30, 130 range. Um, yeah, you just see... Uh, I'm not sure if anyone's seen someone rack up the pills so quickly. Um, yeah. I, it's just more the, struct- the, the structure, the cards have been dealt in terms of we have a lot of great mid-rookies to field. And yeah, we're already talking about nothing defense. else. So it's just finding yeah. the balance. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's going to be pain sitting through not owning him, and uh, I don't know what to do about it. And then we'll Oliver as well. Way. Imagine Oliver has a two hundred game, and we don't have him. He's at pro- we're priced out of him. So yeah, I think probably Tuke's probably a little bit scarier though because Oliver's maybe a bit more susceptible to a tag or a down game. So, I think that's all we really have to say on Tuke Miller. Um, unbelievable pick. It is worth talking about um, uh, one of the rookies in this game, which was like a bit out of left field in um, DeConning. So, he popped up out of nowhere in the sense that had been talked about as a player for the Cats, but the big knock was that we thought he might score like 20 or 30 for the year and be pretty average. He put together in the end 70 Dream Team and I think something like 90 Super Coach, 93 Super yeah. Coach, which is when we're desperate for defender rookies at 123K. Can you uh, see yourself, you know, not starting Sam DeConi? Nah, he's in. He's in. Yeah. No Stuart, so there's probably a little bit of ball that he will take up. And I don't fully know the Geelong situation, but I've been told Jack Henry 
is obviously due back at some point early, which doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence as to him keeping his spot. I don't know who they dropped. No, I don't even think Chris Scott does. So, um, yeah, that, that obviously doesn't sit well, but he's not really touching your field. So, I think you just got to hope that they replace Henderson like for like with DeConning and are happy to um, let him develop and grow as kind of a, I guess, third tall for the year. Um, you know, playing alongside Henry Stewart uh, and someone else obvious that I'm forgetting. Exactly. As like your colored Dagenies and all that stuff. Um, Cooper Stevens actually as well played a fair chunk of the game, 60, 64 time on ground and, and ended up with 62 dream team. And I think about the same super coach. So look, that's promising. Um, I didn't catch much of it, so I, I can't speak too much, but you know, use it 80% by foot, which is, which is good too. And um, it just comes down to Chris Scott, once again, finding a spot for him over the likes of, you know, your Sean Higgins and all, all these old fellas. Geelong will probably go into the year still thinking they, they can do something. So that's probably not in his favour. And um, I, I see him probably coming in in a later, you know, later round during the season as, as a downgrade downgrade target, hopefully. So, look, hopefully we get him to start, but, but I'm probably not confident on that. The big one to come back is Duncan, right, that could... Displace him from the team. Yeah, I think Menegola's maybe a few weeks away as well. So, not much else I can see. Rory Thompson came on second half. He's probably not best twenty-two. Um, that's about it, really. Yep. So I think that wraps up all the games for for today. I think later in the week we can do a different sort of thing, more or less discuss structure and whatnot. Um, yeah, this Gold Coast game's thrown me off, especially Rao. And then, uh, yeah, the reminder I probably needed on Tuke Miller. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we how we fit all the pieces together for our team this year. Um, so yeah, I think we can wrap it up there. So pleasure as always, boys. Pleasure as always, uh, Anna. Sign yes. Off. See you, mate. We'll see you in a few days. Yeah. Good from you, JD, today. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks, George. <laughs> um, yeah. When we when we when we touch base next, let's make sure that um, no speaker is not spoken about. Poly farmer at R two, mate. We will speak at. Of no speaker, don't you worry about that. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's it's getting desperate. I yeah, you need. To hey, at least that. it's interesting. At least it's interesting. Yeah. We're not just locking players in and just you know, not thinking about it too much. This requires uh, a lot of thinking. So that's yeah, good. I'm sure we'll figure something out. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, we'll see you guys. See you guys soon. And yeah, uh, can't wait for the next one. <laughs>